Welcome to this episode of the Meshpoint Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market and provide 24-7 support. And their system can be used with multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. I know Coach Rodriguez uses it at East Bay and it helped them with a winning season last season. We at Lafayette are excited this upcoming season to use it and to put it to good use on our sidelines. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore. Again, check them out on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. Welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. I'm Tony Rodriguez, and I got uh, Coach Rob Rob Zeitman with me today. And uh, Coach, uh, thank you for uh, uh, jumping on with us. Uh, Matt's not here today. I just told you he's got his anniversary going on. He may jump on here a little bit later, but uh, I want to thank you for, for for joining us. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Coach, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself as far as uh, maybe your career path, how you got to the point that you're at now. I know you're a head football coach there. Is it Pennsylvania? Yeah, in Michigan. So uh, so it's my 24th year in football. I, I spent uh, 17 years in, in high school football before jumping to college football, which I spent six years in college football, and, and now I'm back as a high school head coach in West Michigan. Oh, man, that's awesome. And uh, I, we we know each other a little bit. Or I, um, you know, I was checking your resources out a little bit on, on online and and bugging the crap out of you there on your on your cell phone about how to how to do different things. You know, I know a lot of guys know you um, uh, back in your days from uh, Ferris State and, and Tony and Nice and the, guy, the success you guys, tremendous success you guys have had uh, uh, there. How did uh, you want to talk a little bit about that and how you guys got to uh, go ahead. Yeah, it was uh, the great run. You know, Coach Anise is uh, really my coaching mentor. I met him in 2001 when I moved up to Michigan you know, from Florida and, and was his uh, assistant head coach and and uh, at Muskegon High School in, in Michigan. We spent four years together and uh, was a part of his first state championship run at Muskegon High School, which is the winningest program in the history of the state of Michigan. So that was a great thrill. And then we got back together uh, when I was at uh, – when he took the head coaching job at Ferris State, so spent four years with him there, and 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 really had had a great run. He's still, I mean, he's six years into it and, and having a great run. But uh, you know, we had the greatest rushing quarterback in college football history. Jason Vanderlaan was there. He's two-time Division II Heisman Trophy winner. They call it the Harlan Hill Trophy Award. And you know, great kid. He's he's uh, still keeping his dream alive and, and working as a tight end in the NFL. And 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 hopefully he has a great career too. But it was unbelievable 
time for me to be with him and, and with Tony and, and, and kind of work with Jason, who was, you know, just an all-around unbelievable quarterback and, you know, worked Veer stuff at the beginning, got away from that and worked some other things, you know, power read stuff and quarterback runs. And kid was six foot four, 240 pounds. So, uh, you know, we called him the Terminator. So anything downhill run quarterback was amazing. So, uh, so we kind of, you know, branched off and, and continued to learn and, and develop, you know, professionally in, in terms of you know, our craft and how to teach things, and, but still maintaining some option principles at the core. I'm telling you, that dude is, is, is awesome to watch. I still to this day go on YouTube and try to find as many videos as I can of that guy. He's, he is amazing. You know, he's, yeah. he's like a Tim Tebow, man. He's, he's, he's just an amazing guy. Just, you know, like you said, downhill, you know, he's, he's fast enough to get, you know, go 80 yards with the ball and he'll run you over and, and uh, just he's got an arm too. He just he's the total package, man. You guys out, uh, get a chance to look him up on YouTube there. Check him out. Coach, did you mention you're from? You used to be a coach in Florida. I did. I began my coaching career down in Southwest Miami-Dade. Okay, uh, that's, that's the hotbed of football right there. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, this was it was Braddock High School, um, so we were down there for my first six years, and uh, unbelievable opportunity to learn uh, some just crazy talent down there uh, that we faced year in and year out, and you know, some names that you'd still know from the NFL. So it was, uh, it was, it was a fun experience down there for sure. Man, it's in the water down there. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I recently got to go to Alaska and uh, yeah, for a football camp. That, it was just such an amazing experience. And uh, to hear those guys though, talk about, they had one kid signed division one from the entire state. You know, I, I know uh, some other States like Indiana, you know, they, I've, I've heard they've only signed probably, you know, uh, uh, you know, like maybe six or seven kids. But, man, you're talking about from, from Miami in the county you were in. I mean, that entire county sign, signs more kids Division One than, than, than most states. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's the hotbed of talent for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I was there in 95 to 2000, 1995 to 2000, and it was crazy. It was, you know, the – it was like the U, the second part. They were rebuilding, you know, University of Miami at that time, and and it was it was fun to watch them watch them do that with Butch Davis, and then uh, you know how how they were able to kind of do that and be in high school football in that area was a fun time. Yeah, I always tell people, man, this is the speed state. That's for sure. <laughs> no doubt. That's why yeah. you know when we were when I was a college football coach, everyone had a had a Florida recruiting area. That was for sure. So. <laughs> Slice it up. Well, uh, Coach, uh, th- one thing about this uh, podcast that we got going on, it's it's all dedicated to triple option, man. And, and, and I know you know it inside and out and you believe in it. Uh, can you talk maybe a little bit about, you know, why, why the triple option, why that's your style of offense you love? I just feel like, you know, number one, it's fun to practice. Uh, you take the ultimate team sport in football and you basically are employing the ultimate team offense. Uh, you know, we're not telling – you know, we're not creating a ball carrier or those types of things. It's, you know, it's a take what the defense gives you offense. And it's a lot of fun to practice. It's a lot of fun to play in. Um, I think, you know, you really stress a defense in the run game horizontally. And you add a, you add a quality vertical passing game and, and you've got a lethal attack. To, you know, to me, the way we've kind of evolved is we're in, you know, a short pistol now. And we widen our slots out so we can give that college spread look. Uh, and, and employ some of those passing concepts and, uh, 
you know, and, and, and really get after it. But inside fear is where we start. Uh, and, you know, right now I'm in my first year in, in West Michigan at Jenison High School and um, got there in, in late March, early April. And, and really, um, you know, our kids know inside fear and not much else right now. So, you know, and, and we'll, you know, we'll get a lot going, but, uh, but that's where it starts for us. That's where we'll hang our hat. Man, that, that, sometimes that's all, that's all you need. It's a goal line to goal line uh, offense, you know. Nothing wrong with it, you know. There's the, the three phases, and um, I, I believe in it. You know I do. Uh, did, now, did you start out, Coach, uh, uh, in the flex bone uh, before you – like, can you talk about maybe a little bit about the evolution or the history from, uh, from the right. flex well, bone to the, to the short pistol? Right. When I, when I came to Michigan, uh, Coach Anise was – um, had established himself as one of the premier, if not the premier, I mean, I think it was the premier, others will argue, option coach in the state. And uh, we got together and, you know, and, and kind of talked about things in terms of adding a no huddle aspect to a flex bone offense. And that was the first thing that we collaborated on. And, and he gave me, you know, the ability to give some, some true input on, on how the offense would, would, would go in terms of that. And, and then from there, uh, he came back and, and I think it was my, you know, I was a head coach of another school in West Michigan and we got together one night and he said, Hey, I've got some ideas I want to share with you. And we started talking about, you know, the, the pistol veer and, and, and his ideas. And we got on our board and geez, you know, the time got away from us uh, that night and our teams had gotten together for a seven on seven. And we did a little perimeter run drill with it where he was showing me some of the things he, you know, he liked. And I said, geez, you know, you could do this and this and this. And we started talking about formations. The next thing you know, you know, he, he you know, and, and I mean, he was really the catalyst for all of that. And I want to say midsummer, I said, okay, I'm on board. Here we go. You know, and kind of switched things up and, and did it that way as well. You know, my first year um, working that, and I want to say it was like 2006 or so that we started doing that and, and really been trading you know, trading things back and forth in, in terms of how to do it and how to do it better and, and just different innovative things. And can we incorporate, you know, this from a college offense into it and how do RPOs fit into all this and do they fit into all, you know, and, and all of that kind of stuff. So it, it's been a lot of fun for the last, you know, 12 years of, of working for Coach East and then collaborating with him when I wasn't working, you know, for him and, and, and doing those kinds of things. Man, it's awesome when you have a friendship like that where you can feed off each other, man. It just it's an amazing thing, you know. I've got a couple friends like that, and it's 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 a it's a fantastic thing, you know. Um I, I was just curious as to as to why did you settle on you think the short pistol as opposed to maybe backing them up to like a four four and a half? You know, why why are you like around uh would you say two, two and a half, three foot? Yeah, we're, we're uh, about three yards deep, and um, really the issue that we have is, um, you know, we don't have a dominant offensive line, you know, where I am now, you know, we're going to start a bunch of 180-pound kids, so uh, to us, uh, speed to the line of scrimmage, the ball moving quickly to the line of scrimmage is a big deal, um, so, um, you know, to push him forward a little bit and to give us that little, little edge in terms of we don't have to sustain a block that long, we can be... The, the less time you sustain a block, the more aggressive you can be coming off the ball. And I think that's the lesson that I've learned from a Navy, from a Georgia Tech, those service academies. If you watch those stances, I mean, they are butts in the air. They are flying off the ball at 100 miles an hour. So how do we replicate that and not be under center? 
Because under center, you know, sometimes our guys can get overpowered from the get-go, you know, and, and, and we're in real trouble. But from the short pistol, we feel like if we tie the line of scrimmage, we win. Now, we don't tell our kids that, right, but right. that's, you know, that's, that's how we feel. You know, if we can tie that line of scrimmage, we feel like we can get that four yards that we need to keep, keep the down and distance in our favor. I remember talking with you, matter of fact, uh, uh, we were talking about inside zone a while back, and, and, and that's the thing you told me. You're like, Coach, one thing you need to know is the pace is different. Just be ready. You know, it's, it's not – you can't use that same stance and everybody's on tracks getting downhill. It's, it's a different deal, different animal. Uh, and, and, and that makes sense, kind of what you're saying uh, as, as to, you know, you want you to be as close into that line of scrimmage as you can to benefit from that, that dive uh, just like you had under the underneath uh, under center, right. uh, it's uh, we're we're uh, that's the experience I'm having right now is is I'm about four four and a half. Um, I'm in the gun and we're running zone triple, but it's uh, the, the the inside the the, the the box tackle to tackle. It's not where I want it right now. It's not, and I'm so used to my old line getting off. You know what I mean? And and uh, like veer blocking, and it's it's a different animal. It is a completely different animal, man. It's. Um, Matter of fact, uh, we were we were having discussion as as, as to evolving back <laughs> to 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 more of a right. short pistol. You mean because it's 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 uh it's just a different deal. You know, you're used to coming off and punching guys in the mouth, and that's 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 the kind of attitude we want. You know, it's it's a tough deal. But I know you you taught inside zone, incorporated into what you guys are doing at Fair State, um, where. You didn't go all in, so to speak, uh, and say we're we're a zone team only. You just you were, you found a, a, a cool little way to, to to implement it into what you guys were doing, and and I guess a cheap way, maybe a cheap way. I, I think you were relating it to like a veer release. You know what I mean? Um, with some of the resources I had. Yeah, when, you know, when we were at Ferris, and, and, and I know they've continued to evolve since I left, so I'm, by no means am I saying this is what they're doing now. No, but, that's okay. You know, when we were there, right, we started, you know, when we'd move that back to the sidecar and we'd get into, you know, a, a more true gun look, um, and we'd call inside zone, and or if it was zone triple, whatever it was, didn't matter the offensive line, but uh, it was a little bit slower, it was a little bit more paced, but one of the ways that we found that it worked for us at the time was we'd always have the back track to the A-gap defender. So it, we would track – if we had a one technique to the now, – now, as a veer team, we would always call yeah. – <laughs> and this is funny. When we met, we had this discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were a veer team. You're right. That means the balls, you know, we're meshing to the right and the, we're releasing the defense, the right tackles releasing the defensive end and those types of things. If you're a zone team, you would call that zone left. Yeah. You know, so, so it was a little different there, but, but we would always work if we were working zone left or veer right, however you, you know, you want to term that we would always track the a gap defender. So if, if the B gap defender was to the side that we were releasing the tackle, we would cross the back to the other side. And we felt that was a way to help us keep the linebacker in the box because that, that squeeze scrape uh, linebacker switch stunt that, that teams always run against, you know, that want to run against option teams makes it a little bit harder for them to do that because he's got to stay in the box and honor that back's track. So it was a way that we kind of figured that out a little bit and helped us and, and cheated it for us a little bit for sure because uh, we were still trying to maintain our veer principles and you know we would fight hard in those off-season meetings to keep inside veers of play when we were at Ferris and you know because it was an attitude play and it really was you know and, and then we would run some plays off of that we'd run you know what you would 
call power without a without a backside pulling guy, and it was just us screaming off the ball and you know and trying to do those types of things. And 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 we even if we weren't running it a lot in game, we felt like it gave us an advantage in in inside run periods to just as an attitude run and say let's go get it. And how tough are we? You know, and, and kind of build our toughness through camp and you know not really during the season so much, but but definitely in the spring and then through camp. Uh, that's good stuff. Hey, Coach, talk about talk about. I imagine uh, when you and Coach Anise probably are putting this zone thing together, uh, how you were going to call it. You know, did you guys uh, did it wrestle in your mind a little bit of how you were going to call it, zone right or zone left, and based on how you call things in the flex mode? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because we would go back and forth, back and forth <laughs> all the time. And each of us would argue both sides. If one was arguing one side, the other, you know, the other was kind of arguing the other side. And, and, and you know, it was great because Tony's, Tony's oldest son was my offensive coordinator when I was a high school coach and then came on board also at Ferris State. So the three of us would go round and round with that all the time. Um, but, you know, to me, I, you know, I'm always an option guy at heart. So I'm always thinking we're calling it to the right. That means we're reading the guy on the right. And I know those zone guys are back, you know, are the other way. When, when I got to Kent State – you know, and on their staff as their offensive line coach, you know, it took me a minute to figure that out because they start talking about it. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and it's easy to know the direction, but when they start talking about backside and frontside, you know, you've yeah. got to change your whole way. So, so it was, you know, it, it takes a minute to kind of figure that out for sure. I, I want to tell you, I've asked many guys that, and it's 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 so different everywhere across the board. And I just have to laugh because being a flex bone guy, you know, coming from that a train of thinking, you know, the backside, the front side, that's that's where they get you right there, man. That's it's 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 different everywhere. I, 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 every coach I've asked from different places, it's they have that same struggle, man. When you know, unless they're a zone guy, it's clear cut. You know, they're going to call that you know the way a zone guy would, but it's kind of funny. Um, Yep. Uh, Coach, I wanted to ask you about um, uh, the gun snap. My, my son's actually a senior in high school now. And uh, through your resources that you, you've had uh, uh, available, um, I actually have taught him the different, uh, the different ways to snap. And uh, right. I know you're, you're a proponent of the uh, two-handed gun snap, right? It's like a dead snap. Are you still using that? Yeah, well, so if it's a right-handed quarterback, we'll put the laces at 3 o'clock, we'll put two hands on the ball, and we'll just flip it, and it'll tumble out like an option pitch. And uh, even when we were deeper, you know, at Ferris we did it, um, you know, and, and, and we would do that. The one accommodation you have to make when you do that is if you ever do go under center, you got to take the snap like it's old school. You know, you can't put one hand up on the butt. you got to put them side by side and your thumbs together because uh, otherwise you're going to break somebody's hand because you're not <laughs> twisting that ball. You've got to do it. So, uh, but it, it's worked for us. I mean, you know, we, we don't have bad snaps really. You know, we, I mean, you know, we had a couple of Kent when we weren't doing it and, you know, and, and I'm shaking my head thinking, man, you know, I, I should have should have pushed harder to put that in, but you know, some of it is comfort level and you're the new guy and you got to, you know, you got to fit in. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been really good to us. And I, I think there's, there's more schools I see using that. And, you know, every year I, I catch some film, I'm like, wow, they're doing it. I mean, you look in division two, I mean, fair state, you know, I, I think Tony was really the innovator of that. And then, you know, you'll see other schools in that league and that GLIAC and, and down into the GMAC now where those Ohio schools are split off. Some of those schools are using that snap. And you just kind of smile and you say, I know where that came from. 
That's right. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I, we used it, um, we, the one-handed, you know, that was our primary. And then I taught my son, okay, now if we get into some kind of bad weather game, we're going to go to two-hand. Right. And uh, we had a lot of rain here in the spring. I'm telling you this because you'll be like a proud dad, man. Uh, without me being up, having to tell him, here, you know, the ball goes out of bounds and, uh, you know, the fields, they, they have the crown. So the, the way the field yeah. drains, a, a kid goes out of bounds and the ball gets all wet. Referee doesn't dry it off, just throws it right back to the field, and then here he goes. I noticed it on film later. I'm like, man, how come he went to two-hand gun snap? He said the ball was wet, and that's the only way he could he could control it. I was like, man, that's that's awesome right there. That's so cool. But we practiced it, you know what I mean? That was a it was awesome, you know? Right. I mean, one of the one of the things that really drew us to it, first of all, there was a high school up in the upper peninsula of Michigan that was running the single wing and they were doing it as Menominee high school and they were winning, you know, small school state championship after state championship. We're like, wow, you know, if they can do it, you know, then, then we can do it. And, you know, so that's kind of where, you know, where we kind of saw it first. And then uh, really, you know, it's, it, you always get the laces. You don't have to worry about the laces and, and it allows that center to keep a flat back in his stance, you know, and he doesn't have to rise up too high. So, you know, we really preferred that. And, and, you know, we use it here at Jenison now. And it's and it's kind of like a dead duck or a salt. It's not a a hundred mile an hour ball. I mean, it's catchable, and um, it's man. You you have film of uh, you know you're you're pulling your center. All he's snapping and he's getting all the way out onto the perimeter too. So it's it's uh, it can be it can be used in multifaceted ways. I mean, that's for sure. You know, I'm looking. Yeah, no here. doubt. No doubt. Had a lot of success with it. Had very little issues ever with it. So it was one of those things where if this is working, then why would we change it? Now, those, if, if I was, in a, you know, if I was in a pass-happy offense, I'd kind of think about that because, you know, you, there are some challenges bringing that hand off the ball to strike in terms of, a, you know, a pass set, particularly, you know, in, in, in college football and, and those types of things. But if you're a run first team, I mean, to heck with it. Let's go, you know. <laughs> Heck yeah. Hey coach, I wanted to go back to something real quick. You mentioned about your, your high school team where you're at now, uh, where you guys got inside gear in and then compared to like, when I look online and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all the resources you have available. Um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is how much is too much kind of what's your philosophy, what advice would you give to like a, a high school coach that wants to run the option, but they see, you know, you guys are messing with inside zone and backside midline and pulling the center and, what would, what would be your advice on that? It all looks good, yeah, man, like a candy store. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So what you need to survive, what you need uh, to be successful is what you're going to put in. I mean, you know, we feel like we have a, an exceptional quarterback and a couple of them, you know, in our program. So we're going to cheat plays and utilize plays and, to create a system that, that will, you know, play to his strengths for sure. Um, you know, and, and, and doing those types of things. I mean, you know, we're, I, I saw on your, uh, on your, on your Twitter post before the, you know, the show you were talking about, uh, you know, midline triple and, and that kind of thing. And that's something that, that we're taking a look at as well. And, and we use tight, we're, we're trying to be as formation savvy as we can be. So maybe it'll hide some of the fact that, that we're not going to use as many plays as, as, as other teams, but we're going to use, you know, we've got about 45 to 50 formations slated for the season. So, and that includes a lot of unbalanced stuff and, and, you know, and all those types of things. And, and even, you know, talking to, uh, well, I, I had the opportunity, my last year at Kent State, we opened with Clemson. 
So uh, that was a that was a whole story in and of itself. But um, <laughs> one of the things off coming off Clemson's national championship year was their Pittsburgh game, their only loss of the season. And and what Pittsburgh did formationally in terms of shifts and motions, um, to me, uh, if if you can figure out a way to do that kind of stuff, you turned the most ferocious defense in college football into a pedestrian defense that day. And, and they did. And I, and, you know, and, and, and hats off to that offense and being able to do it. Now they weren't an option team. So the trick is, okay, if you're going to be an option guy, what fits for you in terms of doing some of those shifts and, and what are you doing it for? You know, how do you expose a defense and, and what formations are you employing, you know, to do that? And, you know, I had the opportunity to go down, uh, not this Memorial Day, but a year ago, went down to Charleston Southern and spent you know, a couple of days with them and, and some of their gun triple stuff and, and, and how they are formation savvy and what they do. And, and I think, um, you know, that that's going to be a real key to our success in year one at Jenison, because to a certain extent, extent it's going to be some smoke and mirrors so you know if they can't defend it you know we're triple option guys you're always looking for a way to run the triple so if they're not sound in every formation that they line up in you know to then then they're going to pay the price you know and so that's what we're going to try and do you know and in, in, at least in year one you know and if, yeah. hopefully we'll be successful at it and we'll continue on from there but that's a, that'll be a big piece of it so to me there are a lot of variables if you're a young coach and you're putting in an offense there are a lot of variables there's that run game you know, and you're going to break it down into triple plays and, and double option plays and then downhill runs and perimeter runs. And then you're going to break that pass game into quick game, you know, your vertical game uh, in, in terms of play action. And then, you know, your pass concepts from there. And, and then you want to look at, you know, what you can do versus the blitz when they're going to overload you to make them pay and, and, and make sure that you're balanced with all of those things. And then the last variable is those formations. And to me, those are the most underutilized things of all because, you know, if you have an if-then checklist and every option guy talks about, you know, if-then, if-then. Well, if you have an if-then checklist, you have a different if-then checklist for every single formation you're in and, and every variation, backfield variation in that formation because you're going to, you know, you're potentially going to get a different look. So, so you want to make sure that, that you are thinking in terms of all of those variables as you add it in. So it's not just dawning for your kids and overloading sometimes. It could be overloading for your staff if you don't have, you know, an, a, a staff that's, that's done it a lot and, and, and experienced at it a lot. So you want to go slow. And I, I mean, I even tell my, you know, the freshman coaches and JV coaches, I said, listen, if you can't attack every, every eventuality of a formation, don't run that formation. If you can't attack that defense with every eventuality that they could give you in a formation, Please don't run that formation because dad is sitting in the stands. He's going to, and he's going to say that idiot should have run this play. It's wide open. And they're going to be right. You know, so, yeah, yeah. so you just kind of limit yourself that way. Sometimes on purpose, you know, Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. You said that you can't just go time out. I tell you, I tell you a funny story real quick. Uh, a couple years ago, we went to camp and, and I was so pissed, man. We had this team stemming on us. I'm like, who stems at camp, man? Jesus Christ. I just need a base look so we can, you know, learn how to run inside view or whatever. So uh, every time my quarterback would get his hands under center, they would stem, you know. So remember that old Peyton Manning, Omaha? Omaha! <laughs> I just said, hey, listen, I just want you to put your hand under and uh, say Omaha or whatever, and then defense moved, then we check the play. <laughs> But that's smoking, smoking, smoking mirrors, man. Like you're saying, you know what I mean? That's that's great stuff. That's such great advice. You know what I mean? I tell you, no doubt. Uh, 
some, some guys, we always talk about the top five. You know, if you had your top five, you know, uh, like you said, you're starting out a new program, your top five inside beer would be definitely your, what you would start with. Would you have a couple other there? And uh, I, I also want to know, um, when I, when I first got to the place where I was at, everybody was nervous about plays like belly and down and trap, you know, well, we're, we, we're not a wing T team. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Hey, listen, it's a predetermined, uh, it's, it's, it's going to pay off for us big time. Just trust me. And they, and they end up becoming believers. You know, what you, what you kind of, what you take on that too, coach. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think you want to have some, you need to have some non-option plays. And even the most vigilant and, you know, and militaristic option guys will concede that they want to have some non-option plays. Just take stress off the quarterback every now and again. And, uh, but I would say inside veer, we use a tight end. So, so, you know, we'll probably have some outside veer principles. We'll, we'll dabble in midline triple. We definitely want to use the, we call it the quick toss, Navy toss, the fly toss, um, you know, and, and uh, we'll have a wing counter. Uh, off of that and, uh, you know, and, and do some things in, in terms of that. And I would say those probably, you know, your top four or five that, that we'll start with. We also like inside trap a lot, you know. So, and we've stolen, we've kind of, you know, we used to run the old spin trap off of the flex bone stuff and, and I've kind of gotten away from that. And now I'm running more of a bend back trap like the wing T guys. So, so you know, you, you steal a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, keep it fresh and, and you know, don't allow defenses to know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of the fun part too when you rediscover plays. You know what I mean? Oh man, yeah, back we used to run this. That's that's the fun part, and the Absolutely. kids love it. You know, they think it's it's brand new. You know what I mean? It's uh, it, yeah, I love that <laughs> part about it too, uh, for sure. Well, coach, I'm gonna wind this down. Uh, I surely am, am grateful and thankful that you come on, and then uh, you're only our third guest, man. We had Ashley Ingram on, my head coach, and then now you're the third guy. We're going to commit to doing about That's 10 episodes. Awesome. Yeah. All about triple option, you know, and uh, try to put something out there, you know, to compete with all these other guys. So it, uh, it, it'll be I love following you guys on Twitter. So I, I look forward to watching those other episodes too. There you go. Hey, Coach, I wish you the best of luck this year, man. Go get them. Kick some ass running the triple option and uh, get her done. Thanks, Coach. You too. Stay in touch now. Will do. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good. And maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at run the triple on twitter our mesh point podcast has its own twitter page and that's at the mesh point again on twitter at the mesh point you can also find me on flexbonenation.com i run an option blog there we also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country and i've just added a new uh, section entitled podcast where you can download future episodes all right, Tony, why don't you let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to 3Face Football on Twitter, at 3Face Football, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, 
and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag mesh point to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.